Yeah, what's up? This is La Perla Podcast. Your girl La Perla here. What's good, y'all? First podcast ever. A little shaky, a little nervous. I'm going to be completely authentic and real with y'all because that's all I know how to be. Um, we're going to get right into it. Um, first topic of the day um, that I've always wanted to speak about. I felt like it was so important for people not to feel that shame is balancing motherhood and fun, right? I think that daddies get away with being that fun bachelor person without being judged as much as mothers might get judged. Like, Because once you become a mother, 85% of society thinks, all right, you need to sit down and be with your kid. And you're not allowed to drink, and you're not allowed to go to the club, and you're not allowed to suck dick, and you're not allowed to have sex, and you're not allowed to have fun, and why are you smoking weed? There's a lot of societal opinions that branch from, you're a mom, this is how my mom did it, this is how my grandma did it, this is how you're supposed to do it. They're more harsh on the women than they are. They are. We have a hard time balancing our individual self and our mother self, which can be all in one person and also separate at the same time. So, you know, you struggle with your family's opinion. Starting from your mom. Well, you shouldn't be doing this. As soon as you give birth, they're telling you what you should and should not do. Don't wash your hair. Don't go outside. Don't wash your hair. They won't even wash. You can't even wash your hair for 30 days when you give birth. Like, it's ridiculous. Like, the control is ridiculous. Like, don't wash your hair. Don't step barefoot. What are you doing? Don't drink liquor. You can't do this. You can't do that. Like, there's so many things, like, from the beginning, right? Day one of you being a mom, you're completely lost. You're trying to figure shit out. And they're already spitting a million different suggestions to you as to what you should and should not do. Um, Then you struggle with, how are people going to see me? I'm this person who, you might have been a whole slut before you became a mom. You might have been a whole, like... Individual, <laughs> not everybody starts still that way, but I'm just saying, like, you struggle with how is society gonna view me if I decide to do this with my life, do this, if I wanna do porn, if I wanna fucking sell videos on OnlyFans, or like, you know, like, if I wanna fucking have five boyfriends, like, how are they gonna judge me now that I'm a mom? How is that gonna be different for me? We struggle with that, with how people are gonna see you. That's hard. And we struggle with the generational differences that we have in that role, you know? Like, it's... Being a parent now in 2022 is not the same as being a parent in 1995. Like, we're not... We don't have the same style. We weren't... We might have been raised the same, but we're in different generations. Just like our kids won't be the same parents that we are. Like, it's gonna be a different style. doesn't mean that it's wrong, but it doesn't make it wrong that my parenting style or my grandma's parenting style isn't the same as mine, you know? Absolutely. I feel like uh, it's all about information. Now we have more information. Now that everything is different. Like our parents, you know, they came, most of them, well, me, my parents were immigrants. They came from a huge different world. Right. When you come from a different world, and think about it, that's some gangster ass shit. Our parents was gangster. 
They were thugged out because to go from a completely different country where you don't even to come into a country where you don't even know the language That's and horrible. you have nothing and you know no one. That was very brave and I commend my grandmother for making that brave, bold move of coming from DR and bringing us. I was born in DR. I came when I was one year old with my mom. My mom was if I was one, my mom was like twenty years old when she came to the country because she had me at nineteen. She had my sister at seventeen. We have to leave my sister behind. So it's a completely... I, I respect, you know, what they had to go through because it's completely different from what we have to go through. We're already here. Uh, we have it a little more comfortable. And it's our job to make it to make it even that more comfortable for our kids. But I don't think they get to understand that we have a different parenting style. We're going to smoke weed and we st- we're still going to be good parents. We're going to drink alcohol. We're going to go out with our friends. But they th- thought that their life, I think older generations thought that their life ended once you became became a parent. Because it did, it, it, for them, you know what I mean? And that sucks. Fuck. Like, because I don't want my life to end because I'm a mom. Like, now you know why your mom was always screaming at you. <laughs> I think that's why she was so frustrated at me all the time. Because she's like, what the, f- these little fucking stupid two bitches that I have, man, young. I'm like, they're stopping, I have to work now and provide for them and have no fun. That sucks. So, like, I get it, but I don't want to lose my individuality because I'm a mom. And I don't want to sound harsh or selfish in saying that. It's just, I think a lot of women struggle with this, and they don't say it out loud because for the fear of them, I'm going to sound selfish. I'm going to keep it real. Me and my wife have this fight all the time. She's like, yo, you get to go out three times a week. I'm going out once a month. At least I need that one day, another day out the month where I could just do me Cause you know my wife works from home. Yeah, she takes care of my son at home. She's at home twenty four seven, and that drives you fucking crazy. Like to work from home and be there with the kids. Get her a plaque. Can you when you go home right now? I'm gonna force you. You're gonna have to stop and get flowers for that one, please, because that's gonna make her smile today. On a fucking what day is it today? Because I'm lost. Is Thursday? Yeah. Fucking flowers on a Thursday because it's Thursday. Then I'm gonna get beat up. She's gonna be like, nigga, what you do? (laughs) Nothing. (laughs) But you have to, it's so difficult. Especially with a brand new baby. You have a brand new baby, you're crazy. Like, he's gorgeous, but you're crazy. Like, it's a lot of work. He's still waking up at 3 o'clock in the morning. It makes, I'm not gonna lie, he's so gorgeous, but it makes me a little nauseous to even think about having to rewind my life and start all over, right? Um,. Motherhood and fun, balancing, uh, circling back, it's just, it's hard because you struggle with how people are going to see you a lot as a mom. And I say motherhood, I don't, I don't say parenthood and fun because motherhood and fun is what you're being judged. You can be a dad and still be a thot and still be outside every weekend and still be fucking bitches and drinking every day and smoking bud and Doing what that living your very best life and nobody's gonna say one peep about it. That sucks, but it's the truth. Like we get the most heat because we wanna be ourselves and we wanna be we're still young, we're still women, we still have desires, we still have friends, we still some of us are single moms. Why can't we go date? Why can't we Why? Why? Cause we could be we they made a decision and God blessed us. With being parents doesn't mean that we can't be ourselves. Because I struggle with that. 
First thing, but you have, but you're a mom. Why is this the first point of an argument? But you're a mom. Okay, my kids are good. Like, what are you saying? You smoke weed, but you're a mom. You work in the nightlife, but you're a mom. I gotta provide, right? Like, what are you talking about? How does one thing, like, oh my god, you fucked two niggas in the last two weeks, but you're a mom. So, how does that, like, that I fucked, like, how does that affect my ability to parent? That don't have nothing to do with nothing. If something that I'm doing in my life affects my ability to parent, then that's when you should question it. If now I'm failing my kids because of my life choices, then that's when you should be like, wait. If your kids are in trouble, if they If it is affecting my yeah. ability to parent. And it's not, yeah. Then, wait. Check yourself, Perla, because what the fuck are you doing? Now you're having too much fun. Like, you need to put them as a priority. You decided to have them. They didn't ask to be here, so you got to be responsible for them. And I take that into account very strongly. That's another point. Drawing a line between fun and my ability to parent. Because there's a lot of times I have to turn a lot of things down because, no, guess what? My kid's going to be home on me all day with me that day. I can't do it. Or, I don't have a babysitter. I'm not forcing it. I'm home with my kid. Fuck it. I'm not going outside. Or, yeah, I can't make it that day. My kid has a show. Sorry. I have to go to my kid's show. Not even sorry. It is what it is. I have to go to my kid's show. Oh, I have to go on vacation. My kid is really sick. I have to postpone this vacation. Because, you know, you prioritize. Obviously, there is a, you know, you can have fun, but, you know, as long as you still have your priorities in order, like, you know. But I just feel like I want to take that away, that stigma. Like, just because you become a mom doesn't mean that you can't be yourself. I feel like it's easier now for this newer generation. It's easier, but we still get judged. First thing is, does she have a kid? Even women, you know what's crazy? Even women judge us. Like, does she have a kid? I feel like women judge each other more than they judge anybody. Yeah, it's harder. Like, yeah. you know, does she have a kid? Why is she outside? Like, sister, like, what? Do you have kids? Just wait. Just you wait until you have a kid and you'll see how much you need. That little one. Girls night out sometimes. <laughs> Fuck you. It's like, the only thing that what? keep you sane. It's the only thing that I think you're sane. a better parent when you take breaks. I think your kids benefit from you taking a break from them. Because you come back, you miss them more. You recharge. You, you, like, you have to step back and, like, to understand your purpose sometimes. You have to, like, take a break outside of your life to, like, Really value it? Does that make sense? Like, yeah, of course. Yeah. When you're in it, I feel like you're, you can't. You're overstimulated. Yeah. You're over. You're overwhelmed. You're not seeing your your blessings. You're not seeing it because you're so overwhelmed in things you have to do. But when you step step out of it and you look in, it's like wow, I have a really blessed life. Like I appreciate this life, and I needed this break to see that. You don't see it inside. You see it. It's like when a bitch leaves you, all of a sudden you see the value, if she's valuable. If, if she leaves you and she was a piece of shit, then she was a piece of shit, you, you're done. But like, if she's valuable, you start thinking, damn, fuck. fuck. I fucked up. I fucked up. But when you're in it, you're like just taking things for granted. Ah, ha, ha, la, 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 living, you're willing to But when you step out of it, you're like, oh, man, fuck. My life was so simple and easy. What did I do? You know, like. 
Same thing with being a parent. Same thing with any any experience in your life. When you're in it, you're like, I'm so overwhelmed. This is so crazy. I'm so tired. I want to just take a nap. I'm so tired. You feel like crying. You want to you're so tired. Because you know, you have a baby less than a year old. So it's like, you feel like crying. You're so tired. Like, your tears are about to fall from your eyes. You're so tired. Like, <laughs> you're about to cry in the middle of a sentence. Like, it's just that I'm tired, bro. <laughs> I know, because I've been there. But when you're out of it, let's say you take a vacation, I bet you second day you're like, man, I really miss my kids. Yeah, we're... <laughs> to tears. You're like, oh, I missed them. I can only imagine for the mom. You it's only, like I think, value things through separation from them. That's why in relationships is so important to have that time. So we're going to take a little break. Um, this is like trial, right? So it's like... Yeah. But I want to get used to, like, segue into, like, taking... I don't know how long we've been... Yeah, like, about 10, right? 12 minutes, yeah. Yeah, so I was good. I could have cut it, like, two minutes. I kind of rambled a little bit. But, like, I have to get used to, like... So we're going to take a break so we can segue into, like, the little advertisements and the musical effects you're going to... You know what I mean? Yeah. Sorry, I'm rambling. But I'm, I know that you're going to... Hey, guys. It's your girl, La Perla. I wanted to just kind of segue into... It really ties into our last topic when we were talking about balancing motherhood and fun. It really ties in because I had a difficult time, you know, transitioning into from working a nine to five to working the nightlife. You know? It's like something where you struggle because you're unsure of your, you're uncertain of your income. Like that. You go from happy stable and knowing where you're going to get paid every week, two weeks, to like, am I going to make money today or am I not? It's scary to just trust that. One night you might make $3,000 and one night you might be negative $300. And I'll explain a little bit how that can go in the nightlife. Um, you struggle with family criticism. You struggle with. Old school parent, you know, tying into my last topic, you know, your family has a view of how a mother should act, a mother figure should be. So it's like, what are you doing? You look like a whore. Like you're wearing skimpy. What do you mean that you're wearing skimpy outfits and working 10 p.m. to 4 a.m. and serving men and working in strip clubs? And they don't understand. They can't fathom because they rather work in a factory than fucking embarrass the family so you know you have that and you have i feel like when you work overnight you struggle with work-life balance because i used to be a personal banker for like a good 10 years like that's what i did like i worked in mad different banks you know and it looked good right the job um Looked good because it's like, oh, yeah, she's a person. She sits at a desk. She's a personal banker. She wears suits and blazers, you know, like, and cool. But my nigga, I was getting work paid every two weeks, maybe $1,000 every two weeks. I'm like, what? Huh? After taxes, you know, like, your check is, like, $1,400 every two weeks. And then after taxes, you see, like, $976 every two weeks. How are you supposed to even survive? Like, and this is still the going rate. Like, you're not even, nobody's really, like, there's no fucking way. That's why people don't want to fucking go back to work. Like, there's no fucking way that you're going to survive on life and rent and eating and all your responsibilities 
and all the fucking bills and the light bill and then they get get what a nine to five bro and then they wonder why people can't pay the subway <laughs> and then people then you wonder why niggas don't want to go back to work after the pandemic nobody wants to go back to work no like why there's so much crime and then why there's so much crime and everybody's stealing from each other because it's fucking difficult bro like nobody wants to fucking do that like are you serious I'm not gonna get paid fourteen seventy five for nobody. I don't care how good the job looks. I don't care how my family looks at me. I'm gonna wear that thong and shake my ass and work four hours and make a thousand dollars. How is that? And I work three nights and hopefully I make a thousand dollars. That's three thousand dollars a week versus my nine hundred and seventy six dollars every two weeks. Beat that with a bat. Say whatever the fuck you want to say. I'm, I'm going to do what I, what I want to do. So at the end of the day, in the beginning, I feel like it was shameful. You didn't want to say, what do you do for work? It's like, I'm a bartender. I'm a bottle girl. <laughs> no, I'm like, yeah, I'm a bottle girl. I'm a bartender. Like, what's up? You already know because it, it, we were in 2022, so people associate that, oh, she making money. Yeah, I am. That's not to say that we don't have bad nights because we have. Terrible bad nights. Like, you know, like it's not peaches and roses. Like, it's not like, oh yeah, glamorous. We're having a great time. There's a lot of nights you have to weigh in. We pay for outfits at 70 to $75. The cabs, depending on where we're going, average, going to company, let's say $80, $100. We pay, we monthers, right? So a lot of times we're, if we don't have our mommy's help all the time, we're paying babysitters. That's $100 babysitters in the nighttime. Minimum, because nighttime babysitting is more expensive than daytime. Parents know, nighttime babysitting is more expensive than, than daytime babysitting. It's just more. Even though the kids are sleeping, so that makes no fucking sense to me. Like, why is it more if you're babysitting a sleeping child and you're not even <laughs> feeding it? How is it more? But whatever, that's another topic. But like, it's like, so, we're already going into work. Negative $300. So, you got to make $500 at least to feel good about yourself. Because even if you make $300, you're just breaking even. You're back at zero. <laughs> so, niggas think that they change $1,000 and you're making a wow. You're making a splash. No, you're not making a splash, baby. Because let me break it down. Without exposing any clubs. From a pack of hundreds that you change in the strip club, you're getting $80. For people that don't know, you're getting $80. And then from that, you have a partner. We bartenders have partners in the strip club that we work with. So we split it that down the middle. So if you're changing $100 singles, you're getting $81. We're splitting it down the middle so it's $40-40. Minus the shit that sprinkles out to the dancer if you want her to be cute and throw it to the dancer. So now cut that even down more. So if you're changing a thousand, we're getting a hundred from it. Minus the shit that you throw to other people. We, we'll be lucky if we make three hundred each from that thousand dollars. From a thousand dollars that you think you're doing good, which you are, you showing me love, you buying a bottle, you changing a thousand dollars. Like I think I'm doing good with Perla. I'm making maybe two fifty to three hundred dollars from that thousand dollars. Fuck you, I'd rather take you out. And that's why I understand when they can say, "Oh, you know, I'd rather." Fuck, I'd rather give you a thousand dollars, take you out. But then if you don't show love, it's like, well, we have a job. And we don't put customers. If you don't, we don't pull customers to come out for us, we won't have a job. And then are you going to be responsible for paying our bills every week? Or every month? No. It's a hustle. 
Like you willing to give us money one day? Oh yeah, I'm feeling you. I'll give you a thousand dollars. March fifteenth, <laughs> and we're going to date. But what happens all the other months? So we still need to have keep. We gotta still have customers rolling in with us, like come coming in with us. Like it has to be. I get your logic. Like fuck, then you're not making money from what I'm spending. But we need to keep making customers out. For some people. It's a sometimes thing. Like, for you, it might be like, I'll go once or twice a year. It's not my thing. I'll go sometimes to show love. But for some guys, they are strip club customers that they love going there. They go every week. That's their escape. And they could afford it. So for them, it's not like, I'm breaking the bank. I could afford it. It's in my budget. I go to a strip club. That's my advice. That's what I like to do. Thank God for them because we wouldn't be in business if it wasn't for guys that thoroughly enjoy going out. God bless. Clap, clap. But I also respect the niggas is like, nah, I did that. Like, um, maybe I'll go once a year, twice a year. It's not really my thing anymore. Like, I'm a family man. I got kids. I got businesses. I have to fucking sleep. Like, it's, it's, it's not. I get it. Don't think. Because I think online I come off like a bitch. Real bitchy. And like, you're real like kind of unapproachable if you're not pulling up. Like, you know what? Like, you know, stereotypical bartender demeanor, but I'm cool and I am understanding. But it's just how you say things. Like communication is so critical, and your delivery, which I've learned even with me being like an assertive, kind of aggressive type of person, your delivery is so important in conveying a message because just by the way you say something, it could be the exact same sentence, and people could take completely different ways. Like. It could go left or right. Like, I did the wrong thing. But whatever, I'm high, so fuck you. But like, but like, not bitchy, you mean real. I'm, this is nice to read the comments too because it actually gives me um insight. I love it. Thank you. Keep commenting. You need multiple sources of income. Yeah, you're right. So it's like, this, when you work the nightlife, it provides kind of some type of like, it frees up a lot of time for you if you want it. Like, you know, I spend a lot of my free time sleeping because I'm a full-time mom as well, and I'm a single mom. But it frees up time, especially if you don't have kids, because you're only working four nights. You're working three nights a week, four hours overnight. You have the whole day to make shit like this happen, to make your dreams happen, to open up businesses, to be a real estate agent, to do whatever the fuck you want to do. Because you have more, it opens up a lot of free time. So you can create... Um, Multiple streams of income. So that's what leaving, you know, tying in from the beginning. That's what leaving a 9 to 5 does to you. To go into life. It's, it's, yes, it's scary. Yes, you're going to be judged. Yes, it's going to be going to have hardships. You're going to deal with asshole owners and asshole promoters and asshole co-workers. I'm not even going to get into... That's a whole other topic. So I'm not even going to get into detail about... The trials and tribulations of a nightlife. No, that's I'm just. I don't another episode. I'm just tipping the iceberg with this. <laughs> I'm just talking about the transition from a nine to five and why we do it. You know, like through the adversity of of, of societal opinions and your and your family opinions and your, you know, your uncertainty with income and stable income. You still do it because you know that you're still gonna make more money in one night than you're gonna be making in two weeks. You still have that possibility, that 50-50 shot that you're going to make 1,000 plus in a night. By being cute, 
and shaking ass and not having people touch you because we're basically overpaid strippers, the bartenders, because we there behind the bar and you can't touch us, but we do the same thing strippers do it. At least in New York. So yeah, moving on to the can you unlock this for me? Sorry. That's at about the same time. I'm trying to like be mindful of time. Um. So another thing I was I'm gonna leave this for last because this is a juicy topic. Um. In 2016, and I wanna. That's why I've always wanted to do a podcast. People say I should always do a podcast because. I have a lot of my my fucking life is I know everybody says this, but my life is really a movie. Like it could be a novel, like a tell-all. Like this shit is crazy. The shit that's happened to me is, and we're gonna get more into it as the episodes go by. I have so much to say. I have so much to talk about. And everybody's like, "Well, what's your topic? What's your topic? What's your podcast? What what is your podcast?" I'm like, "It's everything. I'm talking about everything." But through personal experience. Like, I'm gonna bring in real facts. I'm gonna bring in guests that relate to the topic. I'm gonna do all of that. I'm gonna bring in doctors if I need to. Fuck it. Like, you know, to back up what I'm talking about. Psychiatrists if I need to. Therapists. I wanna bring in everybody. Cause it's not one thing. I'm versatile. I could never pick a topic to my podcast because I've gone through so many different aspects of life. I think it's my life. It's, it's like life through my lens. If you think about my podcast, it's. Everyday events through my lens, through La Perla's lens, through how I see it and what I've experienced. And I know that I'm not the only one that has experienced these type of hardships. It's like, so it's time to talk about it, you know, from somebody who I thought, you know, I'm older. I'm still, I'm from the hood. I still live in the hood. I don't think I'm anybody. I don't think I'm better than anybody. I just feel like people need to hear this from my perspective. I I think people talked about me a long time. And they've never really understood it from my perspective. So my third and final topic is overcoming public humiliation and exposure and embarrassment. And what I mean by that is something that's popular right now. 2022, you get a pussy pic, a dick pic exposed. People blink. They don't even bat an eyelash. It's normal now. But rewind to 2016, it wasn't that normal. It was more scandalous. Believe it or not, things changed that much. Because now it's like everybody's streaming, everybody's on OnlyFans, everybody's selling pussy, everybody's selling sex videos. It's just like, whatever. You see a sex video now, it doesn't phase you as much. Like, you'd be like, oh, normal. Another sex video. Like, big deal. Ah. But believe it or not, in 2016, it was more scandalous. And in 2016, I got exposed. There was a sex video that was out um, about me. And, you know, it caused a lot of speculation. It caused a lot of humiliation. It got to my mom, even. I went through depression after that. It was a hard time. And um, people never really got to hear from my perspective, like, I got hurt. It went to my son's father. It was it was a really hard time for me. So it's like people didn't understand that I was going through it. And, and that wasn't my intention to be exposed. Obviously, it wasn't my intention. It was a whack-ass little 20-second fucking video of me riding somebody. And they jumped with it like because there was guys in the room. And it was like, 
It looked like a trade, and it was just. I'm gonna talk about it because I'm gonna get out in the open. I'm not scared to talk about it no more. Like because it's like that's what I went through. It is what it is. That's fucked up. Yeah, but I gotta move on from that. Like I can't let my life be defined by that moment. Like I'm not gonna do that, and nobody's gonna fucking intimidate me. Um. Nobody's going to intimidate me to think that I'm supposed to be humiliated by that moment in my life where I was younger and I was under the influence and I was actually drugged. You know, that's a lot of details that went behind what happened to me at that time and that exposure. And it's like, I feel like you guys, social media, you know, which is a sub point, like it's. It's a, it's, a, it's a big monster. It could be a great thing and it could be a very negative thing, social media, because social media can be used in the dirtiest ways to make you feel like the smallest person, you know? Like, I remember my sex video came out 2016. It was on my birthday, October 25th, 2016. I will never forget that day because literally that video leaked on the actual day of my birth. And it was like, de maldad. Like, it was like a vicious thing. Like, how could you do that to somebody on their birthday? Like, that's when my video actually leaked, and it went to Twitter first. Um, and it's like I said, I've never really spoken about the behind the scenes of what I went through in having that happen to me on my birthday of a sex video leaked, and I had no idea it was going to leak. Like, that was hard for me. Like, it was very hard. I didn't even leave my house for a week after that. I was getting bullied on Twitter. Everything hits Twitter first. I don't know why the fuck, but everything hits Twitter first. If a celebrity has a sex video or you think Trey Sound's dick is out, it's going to be on Twitter first. For some reason, Twitter gets it. Twitter, I just realized, has become another porn site. I didn't even know that it was a porn site. It's a porn site now. Full on. So, it was a hard time. Getting exposed, you know, wrapping into to what I was saying is like, Getting exposed, whether it's a video or a picture or, like, group chats or people talk. It's hard. Let's be nicer to each other. I went to depression. I wanted to die. And that's a real thing. And I could say that. Like, I, I, I went to my mother. How do you even, like, I could talk about it. Now. I'm not sad about it, but like I was sad about it for a really long time, and it's 2022, and people still attack me for it. Yeah, I'm a baby. No, Sorry, it's okay. That's my boyfriend, my baby. And he's cracky because he's a knock, but so do I. <laughs> and so do I. I feel like he understands my feelings. I need to fucking take a nap. We in the studio. We in Midtown Manhattan. We in New York. We in the music. Building where so many greats have recorded Madonna, Billy Joel, Tupac. Um, I'm in a legendary ass building and we're literally live recording my first podcast. Um, but I wanted to get the hard topics out there first. I wanted to just speak about it from my perspective, and I'm not heard about it, I can speak about it, but I'm but I want to know for anybody that's out there that's struggling with. Being humiliated online, I've been there. It gets better. Who the fuck cares? Fuck them. Fuck them. Fuck them. And fuck them again. Who cares? It's your life. You you write the story. 
Don't let people, don't let people write the story for you. And whoever's gonna judge you because of one act of what because of what you decide to do for money or what you decide to do in your life or your decisions, whether it's leaving the nine to five to go to the nightlife, leaving the nightlife to go to the nine to five, where you decide to take a step back and leave your apartment, go back to live with your mom. Fuck what people gotta say about your life choices, bro. It's your life. Like, it's your life. Nobody knows what you're going through but you. Nobody's gonna help you. Nobody's gonna help you pay those bills. When you cry, nobody's gonna be the shoulder for you to cry on. So fuck that. You know, like, it's hard overcoming public humiliation. It's hard overcoming being exposed online in such a big way. I've been there, though. I'm here to tell you I've been there, and it does get better. You know? It does get better. And, um... You know, I'm here for you. I'm here for you. And it was... And, I, I you know, it's, it was due time that people heard it from my perspective. It was a bad situation. And I grew from it. I learned from it. Um... Yeah, it's tough, man. It's tough overcoming being exposed in that way. And, you know, to have that sex video out really um, not only affected my family relationships, it affected my love going forward. Because if anybody would hear about that as a male, which I get it, like, well, you know, shorty, it was a sex video a couple years back. Or they didn't want to train on you. Like, that's really what I get. Like, you know, like from that video, it's like, Cause there was so much rumors behind it, you know, because there was other people in the room, so it looked like people could assume whatever. And I get it. You're like from an outsider looking at you, like, oh my gosh, she look crazy. Did all the niggas fuck her? They take turns. Your mind gonna wonder, so you're gonna you're gonna wonder left instead of right. So that affected a lot of my relationships moving forward, especially directly after that. People was, I was like, oh, friend, like, no one's ever gonna take me seriously. Like, no one's gonna wanna wife me or whatever. But that quickly faded like a real nigga is not gonna give a fuck about what happened in your past or whatever people gotta say like you feeling you feeling you and it is what it is like you know like you're not gonna make me feel a certain way because i was in a fucking sex video like big deal like that was before we it is what it is niggas is corny we're moving on but it's more like you gotta be a person who's a nigga who's secure in yourself because you're gonna get that heat from your friends like, really, that's your wifey. Like, you know, she was on a sex video. It also depends where you date. If you have the same friend circles, if you know the same people, that's what you're going to get. If you go outside outside of your friend circle, outside of your community, then you're not going to get that because niggas don't know each other. Big deal. Like, that went out to the world. It was a, a community, really, you know, that knew who you were. Um. Then the last thing would be, like, I feel like you have to learn to love yourself again. Once you're exposed, you have to learn to love yourself. You know, to have that confidence, and not let either your online presence or your future relationships or whatever the fuck affect you going forward. Like you gotta be like, fuck that. That happened to me. I'm not gonna let it define me. Wrapping into what I was saying in the beginning, like don't let it define you. You know, um, don't let it define you. Don't let people treat you differently because of it. Um, I know it's easy to lose trust in people, to not believe anybody, to not trust in people's intentions towards you. And you should always be self-aware and conscious 
of your surroundings, but don't let that affect the essence of you. Thank you for listening. It's La Perla Podcast. Keeping it real. Stay tuned.